0: ¡Nintendo! to nvc for the week of september 21st my name is jose otero and i will be your host and we are live on location in japan in a meeting room that we probably shouldn't be in Shh. exactly it's
1: fine
0: so uh, we have an excellent show planned for you today so guests please introduce yourself
2: starting from my right hi my name is kyle McLean. live in japan for almost a decade now gamer you know fashionista what's up
1: I'm Keza MacDonald, um, or, or I'm Keza McDonald, as any of you who have ever seen Greg Miller's terrible impression of me will will know me. Uh, I am IGN's UK games editor, and I'm here doing Japan stuff. It's been fun. Right,
3: I'm Andrew Alfonso. I'm a hardcore Monster Hunter fan, fighting game fan. Working, I've been working in Japan for the past 10 years uh, at a certain games company, which will not be mentioned right now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's somewhere in Japan.
0: Cool. And so, for our first segment of the show, well, should we do the depressing stuff first or the fun stuff? So I, I guess think we let's should get start the depressing stuff yeah, out, out of the way. All right. So, uh, much to a lot of folks' surprise, yesterday on the nineteenth uh, in Japan, um, Hiroshi Yamauchi passed away. The former president of Nintendo. He was the third president uh, in the company's history. Uh, he assumed the position in nineteen forty nine, and stepped down in two thousand and two. And it was, you know, very surprising for a lot of us the first day of TGS to learn that, you know, such a visionary, such an important person in it, from the Japanese and American uh, games industry passed away. Mm. Uh, so I thought, well first I thought we'd start with a moment of silence, which I'm going to insert
3: now. And then I would like to
0: begin by just remembering the man and kind of explaining to listeners, you know, who he is and why he's such an important part of Nintendo's history. Who would like to start?
2: I mean, I don't you can't say enough about him. I mean, undeniably one of the founding fathers of not not Nintendo, but just, you know, video games as a whole. You know, he was behind Nintendo when they, you know, were pretty much solely responsible for resurrecting the industry in America, and I know I wouldn't be sitting right here, and I wouldn't know any of you guys, and I'd probably have a totally different life back in America if it wasn't for him. You know, I got NES when I was five at Christmas, and immediately I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm going to learn to speak Japanese. I'm going to live in Japan. And I mean, it can't be overstated, just like for the industry, but also for Japan as a global soft, like their soft power. Like, Nintendo was really uh, instrumental. And, like, you know, now we have, like, you can go to the bookstore and get manga. And you can just buy anime DVDs and streaming. But in the mid-'80s, just Nintendo was pretty much all you had. I mean, and it was... I remember um, getting NES at Christmas when I was five and looking at the machine. And what does Nintendo mean? And I asked my mom. I said, what does Nintendo mean? She goes, oh, that's a Japanese company. And so immediately the next day, I started to learn Japanese. So, I mean, just... (laughs) His Nintendo when he was at the helm just was instrumental not only resurrecting the video game industry but also transforming Japan as this soft power that's known throughout the world to this day. So, for those who don't know, um, one of the reasons
0: I invited Kyle to the show, outside of being a huge uh, fan of Nintendo, is that he uh, even found a way to sort of tie it into his learning um, growing up, where, outside of learning Japanese and moving to Japan, he also studied business and wrote a graduate thesis all
2: about Nintendo's business practices, which I thought was remarkable. uh, For someone to to love games that much. I went to to college in Japan and... um, one of the things you have to do to graduate, obviously, like, I don't know, I never went to school in America for college, but, like, you've got to write, like, a long, long-ass thesis, like, 200 pages long, and I was like, I want to talk about tracking the history of Nintendo's business practices over the past 100 years, and yeah. that's what I did, and, yeah, I'm nice. just, I forget, I couldn't bring it today. It's in Japanese, though. I still wanted to <laughs> yeah.
0: see it. I'm so disappointed. I'm so,
2: see- so uh, Keza, really quick, uh, what, what can you say about
0: Yamauchi-san and sort of his contributions?
1: Yeah, y- Yamauchi was the president of Nintendo for the whole of my, like, my own Nintendo-worshipping childhood. Like, Nintendo wasn't such a huge thing in the 80s in Europe as it was in the States, um, mostly because, like, the NES came out so much later, and their personal computer culture was, was huge in the 80s. But in the 90s, when I was growing up, um, Nintendo and Sega were the two kind of battling companies. So for, for me when I was seven my first console was a SNES, started reading Nintendo magazines and Yamauchi was like this figure. This figurehead for Nintendo, which was the company at that at that time like, you know, was at the center of my gaming life. Yeah. And uh, you know when, when Yamauchi seemed to really rule that company with an iron fist, but a lot of his philosophies about gaming were very much like it's not about the technology. Uh, you cannot I think one of the great one of the great quotes from him is you cannot ensure interesting or fun games. With technology alone, mm-hmm, that's right. along those lines, and uh, his his Nintendo philosophy really did define the whole direction of the company. And uh, you know, it's very in, in Japanese companies, you get this kind of hierarchical thing where the people at the top really do actually define like a lot mm-hmm. of what the company does, which is not necessarily true in, in a lot of Western companies. And Yamauchi's, um impact on Nintendo was like immeasurable.
2: What's the urban legend that like people say? Oh, they chose that particular shade of red for the Famicom because it was a cheaper material to produce but yeah. actually it came out six months ago They're like oh no that was a scarf that Yamauchi had that he liked the color and so he demanded it to be used in the system
1: wow that's
3: amazing
2: I, know if yeah, I, heard always,
3: that. I always heard that it was actually the cheapest the cheapest yeah. plastic to make that's why they wanted to do it so they wanted just to cut you know cut down the price yeah. of the, uh, the system that's why they went with that yeah. color. I never knew about the scarf thing at all, actually.
2: Uh, it was like, Uemura-san in a Famitsu article was talking about, like, looking back, the 30-year anniversary of the release of the Famicon, mm-hmm. And he's like... Which was just recently. Which was, I think, back in July. July yeah, 15th, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. And he's like, no, well, there was that price aspect, too. Price, price aspect, too. But Yamuchi really liked this color red because he had this scarf that he wore all the time that was this color.
0: I can see that. I can almost see that. About him, um... I
1: think Nintendo's um, Nintendo's console philosophy has always been technology second, games first. Yeah, and that's the Yamauchi thing. Well, he he basically shepherded the company right from being a toy company and a card company into into being, you know, a video game company, but still kept absolutely, yeah. 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 And but he kept that philosophy of the toy company as well. During his yeah. his tenure, I would yeah. Say. And there's
0: so many stories about him, right? Like you hear the story when he assumed power, how he fired yeah. all anyone fired who was old. appointed relatives. Yeah, yeah he, just fired him him. Relatives, he, he fired wa- his relatives. He fired his anyone who was appointed by his grandfather. No one can challenge his authority. He reluctantly took the job. He didn't want to do it
2: at first.
1: How old was um, he?
2: Twenty twenty-two.
0: 22.
3: Yeah, Ooh, cold. He was super young. That is cold. He
2: was yeah. he went gray, I think, in like when his mid twenties too. So he looked like that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: There was a joke in uh, one of the Nintendo magazines I used to read when I was a kid, N64 magazine, that Yamauchi was actually. Vampire?
2: that's why I, when I heard <laughs> yeah. he died I'm like
3: man I thought that dude was going
2: to live forever yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm not, like,
3: I was actually surprised that he was actually only 85 because mm-hmm. I oh, yeah, thought, he, I so thought he was a lot older than yeah. that when, when, when I heard the news I was, I was thinking like, he's 85 years old and I thought man. Yeah. I thought he was like mid 90s like, yeah, I, I that, that was my impression sure. of him. he had been
2: out of the public limelight for a long time yeah. I think the last time he was publicly photographed um, he opened up with his this billions he spent some of it to open a cancer pavilion I think his mm-hmm. wife died of cancer and he opened up the Yamanuchi. Just wing. last year actually. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Sad. And uh yeah, he was looking very frail at the time, so mm. yes. Okay. Eighty
1: five. Eighty five. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. What a legend. The
2: stories and legends and, and secrets that man took to his grave.
3: <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable.
0: I mean this was the guy who turned down the partnership with Sony, yeah. right? That
2: there was almost a what was it? Nintendo, PlayStation, yeah, Nintendo, mm-hmm. PlayStation, and, yeah. and then just when the Japanese press, wanted to talk about PlayStation 4 in the first day of TGS 2003. Up. Oh yeah. Turn on the news last night. It's all about Yamaguchi yes. Really? It, it's, wow. it's, effect,
3: it's almost yeah. like it's almost typical Yamatoji, yes. right? Like you know, you know, Sony comes in with the PS4, like we're gonna do this, all this, and all of a sudden nope. You're not going to have any of this because it's all about it's all about Nintendo. It's all about us. Now. That's very typical Nintendo event. <laughs> very typical they, Nintendo. They right? don't
2: participate in TGS, but they always have some kind of thing surrounding it on the periphery. Yeah. Like they, when they announced Mon Han Four mm-hmm. uh, before TGS, I think it was 2011.
3: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, on Nintendo Direct yeah. in the morning. Uh, I remember yes. covering it in the morning and being like, "Come on,
3: this is insane." It, it's, just, it's just amazing how they can they can sneak into TGS. They don't even have a physical presence yeah, at don't. TGS, but they just they, they somehow sneak in there and just take all the limelight from pretty much every other, all the other competition. It's yeah. amazing. They unveiled the Wii Remote at uh, oh no, TGS, TGS. E3. TGS Yeah, wow. I think it was think like, hey, a day before TGS. Wow. Actually, yeah, was, they it? did it. Yeah, that
1: was amazing. Uh, speaking of TGS, briefly, while we're here, um, Nintendo's a very, very significant absence here. Like I've, I've been to Tokyo Game Show for this is my sixth year, and every year it's gotten a little bit sadder. Like every year it's gotten a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. a little bit different and some of the great presences that I grew up with in Japanese video games have either toned down or disappeared completely.
2: Or kind of went to the moefied.
1: yeah, hey guys, yeah, yeah. like so this? Okay, yeah. No.
2: Uh, for context, what is Moified? <clears throat> Do we have to... Give, give the short version. Well, give me it's kind of hyper... I don't even know if you would say sexualized, but it's like hyper, hyper cute. cute.
1: Yeah. Where... Like kind of hyper what's the word um de- deferent yes. like um kind of super cute uh, kind of with absolute the kind of no, no value to what any of them have to say these games like at all it's like it's they're really like quite distressing
2: they all look like they're either 12 to 16 years old and yeah. they all call infantilizing.
1: All them, that's the word yes exactly yeah, that's, very well word. Yeah. that's an
2: excellent word yeah
1: and uh, yeah it's i mean a lot of the japanese games i grew up with aren't here and that's part. Of, it's not that the Japanese games industry is necessarily totally screwed. It's that Nintendo isn't here, mm-hmm. for instance.
2: There's this weird dichotomy, though, of, like, yet, like you said, it's getting smaller and sadder, but every year, I think last year was There's the highest people. attendance record ever.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. There's
1: more people every year, but fewer games... Like, Level 5 isn't even here this year, no. I noticed, and they usually have a giant it's stand gigantic. with all the... Really yeah, RDS I remember,
3: I remember like, three years ago, four years ago, Level 5 had just this gigantic booth, and you had to wait, like, five or six hours just to get in.
1: Yeah, And they were massive. giving
3: out, like, you know, free. Demos on DS cards. Mm -hmm. Like if you went in to watch the trailers to come out, they give you all these demos of the stuff you just watched, and like it was amazing. Like how like the presence level five had at that time, but now it just seems like. They're not, they're not even, like, you know, functioning anymore. They, I they're mean, not here.
1: I, Why are they not here? I, I don't
2: know. I, what happened that? to that narrative of Level Five's the new Square Enix? You yeah. know, three or four years ago, mm-hmm.
3: it was like, Square's yeah. on the way out, Level Five's you know, going to take over, and then that just kind of never went anywhere. Well, yeah, I think, well, I know that they, you know, they worked on uh, Dragon Quest Nine for Square Enix, and I, that that really... Got them into the limelight, but then after that, they you know they went on they went on to do their own their own little titles too. Like you know recently they released a Yo-kai Watch this this year, yeah. I think uh, last year they released Nino Kuni. But all mm-hmm. of them they, they didn't really have this, the same impact as you know a Dragon Quest would have, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, in
1: the, in the, know, the PS2 era, they had a bunch of they had really Dragon Quest cool Yeah, Dragon League Rogue Rogue League Rogue Galaxy, too, too, yeah. Galaxy was that and Rogue,
3: Rogue Galaxy, Galaxy yeah. Dark Cloud, Dark, Dark yeah. Cloud Dark Two. two? Did they do one? Yeah. They did one and two. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: How well did Nino Kuni perform?
2: You I, you know? I, it's so weird. You think, oh, we got Studio Ghibli to do the art. You think people would line up around the block, and it just came out. Eh, yeah. nobody really cared about it. It
1: did yeah. more well, better it, than it was expected to in the states and in Europe. But yeah, that's because it got outsold in yeah, its first zero. I'm
2: sorry to interrupt you. No, it's perfectly <laughs> alright. It got uh, outsold in its first
3: week in Japan by Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Three. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I well I remember times that I, are changing. I aren't do it? know the three D S version was not like it I don't think it really had that much of a impact because they had like this gigantic book where you actually had to like you know look up the spells you want to use and then draw them on the on the DS, on the touch screen, yeah. and you know basically if you don't have that book then you can't actually play the game because unless you memorize all the spells that you need to know right. Sure. So you I know, love
1: the idea of that. It, it, I did it, love the idea. idea the, the idea
3: yeah. is great, but the fact that you have to carry this gigantic book with you just to play the game, I think it probably just turned a lot of people off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that the PS3 version came out a couple months after that, so mm-hmm. I think that you know the first the uh, when the when the 3DS version kind of you know bombed and then the PS3 version came out everyone was like eh, well I thought it was like know.
2: a year between the two yeah, well, yeah maybe was a year maybe a long I know it was a, a December uh, no, I know I want to say but like then a again, November it took
0: like... longer to come to the States yeah. so <clears throat> I know I, to me it feels like forever it does. From, Like I think I started at 1UP uh, and that was like late 2010 uh, yeah. and we had just gotten Nino but maybe I'm
2: wrong did you ever see anybody on the train like holding the book on like <laughs> no, me and
3: I did every now and then uh, really? I've, I've yeah. never, oh, no, so, I I actually never met anyone who's actually played the 3DS version like the 3 right here nice to meet you oh nice to meet you <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> there you go
1: another We're another another smaller presence this year uh, Capcom last year yeah. because Monster Hunter 4 had just been announced yeah. um, where like, it was the most giant booth like every single year there's this huge Monster Hunter booth and there's no new Monster Hunter this year apart from the or, iPhone 1 yeah, so there's no, the iPhone no, no, one. no giant booth there's a
0: big Rathian head uh, sticking out near that area of the booth which looks kind of cool it's yeah. on my Twitter feed it's if you like seen it it's not like the giant
1: Monster Hunter portable third village that they built a few years ago I that wish I did. do you have pictures of that yeah, I would love yeah, to yeah, see that I've yeah. pictures of me doing this next to P-Lines a lot oh, I was doing course. a double <laughs> thumbs up there for the audio there
0: yeah sure well um I guess since we're, we've reached that point, one of the the things that I really wanted to talk about, especially on this episode, and especially because we're in Japan, and um, maybe this is kind of... I don't know how... Close, uh, closely you are associated with this series, Cal. but is Monster Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is like, you know, when did you play it? What did you enjoy about it? And then talk about Monster Hunter 4, which I've been playing. I know Andrew's been playing. I know Keza wants to play and will be playing soon. <laughs> I do live Nintendo. in Japan, so I yeah. get a lot of it through osmosis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you you um, got sort of a huge love for, for what I know of you. You got a huge love for Dragon Quest because of
2: osmosis and because of wanting to study why people yeah. love it.
0: So you need to do the same thing
2: for I, this, sir. But I've tried, though. I mean, I think every... I came. I moved to Japan the day um, the first PS2 game came out. Okay. And I remember going to that Staya in Hachiko, which like you know you've seen the movies like that giant crosswalk. There's a million people crossing. There's a big like CD and game store there. I remember walking in the day after I moved to Japan and like what is this? This is crazy. Yeah. But I bought that one too. Freedom Unite. Yeah. Try three and I get about two hours in like uh, I'm like this is the time, this is gonna happen this time, I'm gonna do it. You can play with me over the internet this time. How cool would that be? Mm, maybe. I was well, I'm all about that link costume. I was looking now. For. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I wanna get, check out that link costume. Yeah,
3: yeah. that yeah. might uh, that be that, thing was, that was actually a pretty big pretty big win. I mean it's like once they had that trailer of the you know, the Mario
1: Cats and, yeah. oh, that's cats, and, and those like, cats Rock. Yeah, yeah got all the Ivy Village spin off PSP games as well. Yeah. The puzzle games. No, um, so, so really
0: quickly, just go around. What's your first hunt or what's your first Monster Hunter that you played? For myself, it was that I beta-tested the original Monster Hunter on PS2 in the States. Um, Sony used to have a beta test program. You just click the box on their you know Sony website, and you could be a part of it if you had a profile. And I got it in the mail and played it. I was like, this is weird but i kind of enjoy what it's about right even so many things of that series that are still in place today were there like uh cooking the meat and like the song that plays and you know what, what is said when you lift the meat into the air and at the time i didn't understand it i got into it much later and then gained a real big appreciation for it but that was my first hunt it was on the ps2 on a beta version trying it out over uh the playstation 2's network
2: broadband network like I said, I've bought pretty much most of them. Outside of like Frontier, uh, I've bought pretty much most of them. I ride the, the way, when it because in, in Japan it's pretty much inescapable. It's everywhere. Every train station you go into, there's giant posters. There's commercials everywhere. You go in the convenience store, they've got like times and Monster Hunter everywhere. So it's pretty much inescapable, and I just kind of I succumb to it. Like all right, I'm gonna do it this time. I'm gonna do it, and I can't get about past two hours. Like that grind just. It all my energy. And yeah. I remember when I graduated from college, the day of my graduation was the day that, what's the 2, 2G, two, two not 2G, what's the second oh, one? Horrible second. Second G. Second G. Oh, second G. Yeah. And I remember going between my ser- graduation ceremony to, before the after party, we had an hour to kill. I remember getting in a cab and going across town to go buy that. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, this is going to be so much fun and just... Never <laughs> got into have it. you not
1: got loads of Japanese friends who play it, who kind of shepherd you through? It. Yeah, because like, that's that's the main thing. You have to be shepherded through the first yeah. like, six to eight hours of that game.
3: That's actually that's actually how I got uh, introduced to a series two. I, I actually started playing with uh, Portable Second, so I never actually played the PS2 games. Okay, I was always on the PS, always on the PSP, and like I just got a PSP and I didn't know what games to buy. Mm-hmm. And so a bunch of my friends were playing Portable Second, so they said, "Well, why don't you just come play with us?" And I said, oh, "Okay, sure." And I had no idea what I, what I was doing at first, and it was it was it was strange because they were kind of like they were like my my sensei, right? They're my teacher, like, and they're like, okay, when you Senpai. know when the, when, this, when this when this monster does this little animation, that means this is coming. So that means you got to roll and evade everything. I'm like, oh, okay. Said, and they said when you see this message pop on the screen, that means you got to use this sign up. I said, oh, okay, and I, I just they just kept feeding me and feeding me all this information. I just learned just like. Listening from the, listening to them and point, like you know, actually playing with them.
2: It's that punch out mentality. When the monsters' eyebrows move, you got to <laughs> yeah, gotta do yeah, that.
3: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's 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 like it's like a three D punch out. Sometimes you know, like you, you just have to watch, like you know, what monsters do. You just got to pay attention to what's going on, on the screen. Yeah, what,
1: what I don't get is how a lot of people who like Dark Souls <laughs> and Demon Souls, mm-hmm. which you know has been a bit of a breakout hit, that's right. Don't they're like, oh, i Monster Hunter looks so it's like, it's the same, it's basically the same, it's very, it's very different structurally, but like sure. the combat of it, like the, the philosophy of, you've got to just pay attention to the mm-hmm. keys, and kind of, you know, yeah. read the monsters, and learn, I don't know
2: about you, but one of the big aspects I take away through, once again, osmosis, is that Japanese people really enjoy the um uh, cooperative, take yeah. down the monster aspect to it, oh my god, we're in so Japan.
0: We're, 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 so in Japan,
2: fun. I don't know, like, if you ever, people who've never been here before it cannot be overstated it's just so overbuilt so crowded and going over to a friend's house to play games really doesn't happen all exactly, that much yeah. there's
1: not room and you can't yeah, sit no. all, all sit on the couch together like it's not possible
2: yeah and so the last generation of handhelds was revolutionized gaming in that you could now play multiplayer wirelessly at like McDonald's or mm. in the park or at Starbucks and you'd see you still see it you walk in to McDonald's or whatever and you see like ten high school kids like all giving each other orders and so that cooperative aspect whereas like Demon Souls is more like it does have a multiplayer aspect to it, but it's yeah. more... It's more, it's almost singular, singular, right? Yeah, it's, it's a more, more solitaire experience, I feel. It, it's, it's a lot is made of the Japanese being against, um, kind of like, they're not into FPS's game. Well, that's kind of changing, but something like Monhan, where it's a cooperative, it's not confrontation with your friends, it's working together, yeah. really speaks to the Japanese audiences. That's why I think mm. it really took off.
1: Uh, the, my favorite thing I ever saw while I was living here was walking into a cat cafe, and just <laughs> four really cute Japanese boys sitting there playing Monster Hunter, the corner with cats like curiously looking at the screen.
2: Was it an Ido Cafe? What is yeah. a cat cafe? Let's <laughs> that assume context.
1: Oh, a cat yeah. cafe is like, I love this. They're, they're basically just places where you go to get a coffee or a drink, but they're full of cats.
2: They just roam free.
1: And they're like the yeah. most pampered cats in the history of time. They're beautifully, <laughs> yeah. beautifully like, you know, their, their fur is all gorgeous and fluffy. They're, they're, they're the most looked after cats. They get food uh. all the time. They just get adored all day. They just kind of lie there like, yeah. And if you have treats, then suddenly they all love you. Uh. If, or, if you don't have treats, they don't tend to care very much. But you kind of, you know, walk up and stroke a cat for a bit. It's like, I don't care about you. Walks off, but it's
3: just a lovely place to it's hang out. Dog cafes. There's dog cafes.
1: Yeah, dog actually, cafes are a
3: bit weird. They have to put nappies on the dogs. Don't yeah. like that. We actually have a, a uh, an owl cafe in Osaka. Now. Oh, no, and so no, no. You, way. Actually, you actually just sit down and have your coffee, and there's like a little, just an owl just sitting on a no perch, and, way. and then you know touch it? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah of course you can. You can. Okay, I'm, I'm cancelling my flight. Home. I, I'm going and to know, Osaka. The owners place. will actually give you like you know the the, the arm thing, right? So that the yeah. owl can like actually like grab onto you, and you can just like hold it around. Do they warn you like do not do
2: not extend your forearm and
3: Cafe, or this thing might claw you. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, you. they give you all these warnings. Like, you're not, you don't do this. Don't, like, don't make, you know, any fast, you know, quick motions towards the owl because they'll freak out. Oh or my god, this, this is the best thing so, I've but, ever. But heard. you can, you can, like, you know, have the owl on your arm. You can start petting it, and it'll just see You'll just sit there and, you know, accepting you know, your love and all that stuff. I, sense. So, so I just want to point out, Keza might not go back home
0: because no, she is kitty right is, now. This is amazing. I sense an IGN yeah. article.
2: Yeah.
1: So,
0: so, Keza, just quickly, because I didn't hear, what was your first hunt? What was your first monster hunter?
1: I played all of them, but okay. the one that I really that I really got was um, Monster Hunter Second G. So okay. Freedom Unite. So Monster Hunter Two, the the fancy version mm-hmm. on, on on the PSP, and. Um the reason I understood it is because I had a friend who worked at Capcom at the time who was like, no, you are playing this. You're playing this with me, we're playing it, you're going to play it, take it. And then I got the flu. So I was, I was so ill I couldn't actually get out of my bed. So this game was the only thing I had. So I was kind of sitting there playing this video game really, really sick. And because of that, because I couldn't go anywhere and couldn't do anything else, I got past the kind of six, eight-hour grind oh, wow. that had always mm. kind of turned me off it before. Yeah. And so I got there, and I remember um, <laughs> the young who is oh, a total yes. total jerk I cannot stand the Yankoku it's like a bird monster and this was my, my, my first monster on too, so I didn't really get that you can't use like a great sword on that thing like you have to use something faster and uh, you know I spent hours and hours and hours and hours trying to kill it and eventually I kind of I managed you know with, with like the last kind of Dregs of stamina that I had left on tiny health with like three seconds left on the clock. I like stabbed it right through the right through the uh, the the throat and it, it kind of the music went up and it just kind of started to come. Kind of and you I was hear like,
0: that ah! click sound and you just throw your hands into yeah. the air and you I, are I did, so excited.
1: I leaped from my bed and went <laughs> to nobody at all and I was like okay this has got me now. And ever yeah. since then I've loved Monster Hunter, so like my, The one I spent the most time with was Try right. on the oui? on oui. The Wii, yeah. yeah. And then I, I played three Ultimate for about two hundred hours and then lost my save. Oh which that's. Man. prefer not to that's talk
0: about <laughs> oh my god I
1: reviewed it um, I reviewed it for IGN 3 that's Ultimate, right and then, good uh, review too thanks man but I, I yeah I lost my save after that like I, basically I had it on a different SD card and I just mm-hmm. I just moved house and lost it And I was so I've, I've been kind of trying not to think about Monsanto too much recently uh, No. It's kind so of let's, talk about, let's really?
2: talk about Monsanto let's talk about Monsanto 4
1: know. I'm not actually let's last time I played Monsanto <coughs> 4 was last TGS like I've queued up for 50 minutes to, to play it and um, the thing that immediately got me about that, apart from it being a Nintendo exclusive, which made me think, right, wow, that's interesting. Like, what happened with the what happened with the Sony relationship? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, and um, the big move. Yeah, it was it was huge. And the uh, cool. the new pole weapon is amazing it was really cool and I only played with it for 10 minutes but um, you can now vault onto the backs of monsters and apparently yeah. like when you're online now that's all anyone's that's all do that's all
3: everyone does because it's, it's a new weapon it's the weapon that everyone actually wants to try for the first time so as soon as they see a monster everyone just pull vault and you see four oh, hunters right. just go <laughs> in the air and you know I, I'm actually I'm actually <laughs> not using around. I'm actually not using that weapon I'm using the other new weapon which is a charge axe it's a, yeah. it's a little bit more it has more power to it it has oh, a wow. shield so it's a little bit more you know suited to my play so. That was one of the more hyped-up weapons, building up to the release of the yeah, game. Yeah, it but was.
1: Is yeah. it the switch axe? Is it the same as? No, the it's axe not the switch, the switch axe. The,
0: uh, how does it compare to a great sword, like the, the charge axe?
3: It's a, it's a very different because uh, with the uh, with the great sword, it's, it's a very slow weapon, and mm-hmm. you can do a lot of charge attacks and whatnot. Yep. Uh And you can also block the sword, but with the charge axe, it's actually a sword and shield, um, like the basic sword and shield you get when you first start the game. But the shield's a little bit bigger, the sword's a little bit bigger, so that means you move a little bit slower, but you do more damage. And then as as you keep attacking a monster, you get these uh, little files that build up power. And then when it starts to glow yellow or red, you press a button combination, and then it fills the shield with uh, all this power. So then when you switch to Aximal, you have all this power just... Inside, Store it up, stored yeah, up yeah. into the axe, and you just kind of go crazy with it, and it just does all these sorts of all, all sorts of damage to the to the monster. Like each uh, each weapon, each charge axe has a different like um, different file type. So one will do like explosive damage. One will like increase the elemental damage you do to a monster. So you will just see like you know. Like lightning and like fire just exploding from the axe whenever you hit whenever you hit a monster. It's really cool visual. Okay, I need to I need to try that one out. it's it's a uh, it's a really cool weapon. It's also I think it's also probably in my opinion it's one of the most powerful weapons in the game now. Okay, because you can pretty much do everything in um, with that weapon. Um, Like probably like because then you you know like uh, certain weapons you can only like. Cut tails, like you know, yeah, a hammer, yeah, you can yeah, only like slash. slash damage right. or, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, blunt with, damage or yeah, stun exactly. damage. And with the hammer, like you, with the hammer, you can't cut tails because it's a blunt weapon. So, you, but you can knock out monsters. Yeah, or you can crack certain areas. Yeah, you, can of the cra- you can you crack your, you, got, your,
1: you gotta have balls to, to go for the hammer yeah. approach though, Monster hunter. I never yeah. quite got good enough. With the hammer, just because I was so intimidated by being right up in the thing's face all the time. Yeah, I was yeah. a gun lancer. I enjoyed having the shield.
3: Yeah, okay. it's, it, it, it's, it's like you have these two different kind of weapons, but the charge axe can actually do both. It actually can oh, cut, man, it can starting. sever limbs, but it also can, it can also knock out like you know monsters at the same time. Yeah. So it actually does pretty much everything that every other weapon does
1: Is it the new super pro weapon then I don't, Is it the new I, one I, that everyone in game is like no, yeah hey, if you didn't use it I so <laughs> I'm not I don't know cuz it, it also has its
3: downsides because um, like what I'm what I'm finding right now is that it's a uh, it's a it's a great weapon but also it's uh it plays a lot of havoc if you're playing if you're online with other people because the axe motions... It, oh, like, it's a huge hitbox. Yeah, they, the hunter kind of like swings the axe in a circular motion so if it hits other hunters, they just kind of stumble and they yeah. get knocked out of their attack. That can cause attack problems. Animations, yeah. right? So you're not going to get the full damage so you got to be really careful when you use it. Unless mm-hmm. you're
1: with three-bow gunners and who wants to be with three-bow gunners? No
3: yeah, one. No one wants to be with Even, three even bow. though it is a powerful weapon, it does have its downsides so it's not going to be like too overpowered and i feel the same like that's how pretty much every weapon in the game is it has they have their upsides but they also have the downsides. you got to be careful with like especially when you're playing online
1: there's always been a huge like fight over whether it's the hunting horn or the hammer that's like the super pro weapon i, w- between I would those, say between those two little factions
3: i would say i would say probably that the hunting horn is probably the, uh, the 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 pro weapon it's like i don't know like whenever i whenever i have the uh whenever i have a, a hammer user in my my lobby i think okay we're gonna we're gonna do some uh, we're gonna do some damage to this, to this monster but when a hunting horn player shows up everyone's just like oh this is gonna be amazing because uh you know the hunting horn is basically a weapon where you can do a lot of damage to a monster but it's it's other function is that it boosts it basically buffs the other hunters in the lobby in the, on the quest so you can get like attack up or defense up or you get all these little bonuses so if you're playing with someone who's like primarily a hunting horn user, mm-hmm. you, get all, you get all these buffs and you just do so much damage to the monster. Like things can, like a, a quest can be over in like two or three minutes just with, just with that guy there. And it, it's just it's such an amazing thing to see like this one guy, he's just like rocking a guitar in the background. Buffing, buffing everyone while the other yeah. three guys are just like I prefer go on the
1: bagpipe there is, a, there is a bagpipe yeah there's oh. a oh. Horn. The hunting horn yeah oh. so you know smack a monster in the face and then blast it with the song of my people <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's really amazing so if you have to I, for people who are interested in Monster Hunter if you have to sum it up in one sentence how would you I, I would describe it as a collection of the best boss battles you will ever play in a video game like it, it top to bottom when you reach that point there is nothing more satisfying than fighting these things sometimes at length for like half an hour and then when that thing falls down you just throw your hands in the air And it is amazing. Like, that is how I try to sell this to people. I tell them, this is the best boss fights you will see in the game. What what do you guys Mm. think? How would you describe it to folks? Even the lukewarm, like, I've tried to get into each one. It's a game
1: in which you collect mushrooms for hours. (laughs) Uh.
2: Not to put you on the spot, Kyle. It's it's got cute pigs in it. It
1: has great pigs. And great 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 cats. cats. Pooley is
2: cuter than I do.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: I weirds me out, kind of.
1: I would, the thing I like most about Monsanto, apart from what Jose just said, yeah. to avoid repeating exactly what Jose just said, yeah. is the fact that it's got such an amazing sense of humour. Like, it's the most camp, silly, but somehow quite believable, adorable little world with, you know, talking cats that cook kebabs mm-hmm. and uh, little little pigs that run around in, like, melon onesies <laughs> and uh, more, uh, more <laughs> yes. cats that like farm and uh, you know it's it's the most ridiculous world yeah. and every, everyone wears um, for some reason jog straps like that's like the, the, the uniform of the monster hunter village is just yeah. everybody walking around in loincloths essentially mm. which is There's a, really amusing There's, it's, it's, you can do the silliest emotes yep. you know, the ridiculous things. yeah, ridiculous oh yeah. the prance yeah. my I favorite love, I love the France. Yeah. France. Is, we, we kill a so monster start prancing it's got such a great sense of humor so as well as it being this like fantastic video game that you know gives you a real, real sense of achievement it's also just Really silly and fun, yeah. and it has that kind of lightheartedness and like light esprit yeah. that
0: I really enjoy. There's a there's a feline that rides through in the new town that you see him riding on the back of what's what's that duck creature? It looks sort of like a duck with a bill. And, yeah, it's riding on the back <laughs> and it's just tossing a hand in the air with each bump, like yeah. And I'm like, this is just amazing. That totally fits um, your description. Yeah,
3: I don't know. I would say like. Aside from what you guys said, like, I, I think the game, ha- the series overall just has amazing art direction, mm. the, yes. the, the monster designs the are, just incredible. are just, the design of the monsters is just, like, totally amazing, especially some of the new ones that they have uh, for Monster Hunter 4. The other thing that I, I really think is, you know, when you when I start talking mon- about Monster Hunter is that, you know, a lot of games, they, they have all these, you know, little gameplay mechanics to, to make you feel awesome that you're, you know, you're a total badass, but... The one thing about Monster Drive feels like it actually makes you a badass. It makes you awesome yeah. as a player. It doesn't. It doesn't like pretend. It does. Yeah, it doesn't pretend it doesn't that condescending yeah, to you. It's not gonna. It's not gonna tell you you're awesome. It's gonna make you like an, an awesome game player, right? Yeah. So when you when you go th- back to other games, you just kind of like, well, this isn't this isn't nearly as challenging or as difficult as Monster Drive. and you actually feel like you you feel like wow, you've actually.
1: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, leveled up to a, a different, different type of like you know yeah. gamer, right? Yeah. And even
1: and it's, it's also not even the difficulty is. It's not even so much that it's really hard. It's that uh, the way that it teaches you is really cool, and mm-hmm. it, it relies, um, as you were saying earlier, it relies a lot on co-op and on mm-hmm. teaching each other and on facilitating yeah. communication between people. Yeah. And I love, I love that aspect of it because it's not like oh, we're a really hardcore game. Yeah, we're hardcore. And people's mums play Monster Hunter. Their, yeah. their, their, their little brothers play Monster Hunter. Like everybody plays Monster Hunter together, yeah. and it's because you can work as a t- and everybody can yeah. can kind of teach each other yeah. and that's why even though it's, it's actually a really hard game yeah. despite that everybody can play it it's really inclusive yeah. yeah
0: and to Andrew's point I feel that the arc direction does get better with each game and I find it really hard to go back to the last game after I've played the more recent iteration like, once I played uh, Tri-G, the import one, I could not go back to Freedom Unite. Once, now that I've started 4, I'm having a really hard time going back to 3 Ultimate because I feel like this looks so much
2: better. Even on the Wii U when it's in 1080p? Uh, The
1: textures aren't great on that. Yeah. The the problem with the Wii U version is that it's it's good, but it's not as great as, um, like, an actual, like, made-from-the-ground up HD. So it's like, it's just a slightly better version of VSC. I spent
0: way more time on that portable iteration than I did the Wii U version. I did play it, but um, and it's it's interesting too because that one has the online stuff. All right, so we're gonna Keza's gonna be heading off, so I just yeah. want to give her a quick uh, moment to drop scoot, you to handle. Gonna go see, gonna and, uh, go
1: see a uh, gonna go see a game made okay. by some people in a hotel. Cool. as is my want
0: behind closed doors indeed yeah. my Twitter <laughs> handle cool. Kevin Mc'Donald
1: O'Donnell very imaginatively
0: okay but and, I will uh, see you guys shortly what's something you're working on that uh, listeners can should look forward to
1: Nintendo wise Any, uh,
0: anything that's okay uh, just
1: wrote about Deep Down yesterday which is uh, Capcom's PS4 exclusive Dungeon Crawler don't know what to make of it but it looks really interesting yeah. so so that's something and uh, hopefully I'll be spending a lot of time with Pokemon in the near future
0: yeah, yeah. No I cannot wait alright well thanks we're back. We're we're one woman down, but three strong. And uh, sort of, let's uh, talk a little bit more about 4, right? I I just started, um, I I don't know if we spent a whole lot of time on it, to be fair. I I know we talked about some of the weapons, but one of the things about uh, Monster Hunter 4 that sort of got my attention, uh, especially is just how mobile these characters are right now, right? Mm -hmm. It almost feels like a it's not quite as as free as, like, parkour, but you are, like, able to jump over and move over obstacles that are in your path. If you're running that, from a monster, like, you have so much more versatility now and agility versus any of the
2: other games I've that, played. That's how they initially unveiled the game, at that one Nintendo Direct, where yes. they said, oh, by the way, we're going to formally announce uh, Tri-G, and oh, by the way, here's this secret video of a new game we're making, and it... At the end of the, t- the video, it said Monster Hunter 4, and people were like, oh, my God. But that whole video was just, like, running and climbing and jumping yeah. and evading. That's how they sold it from the very beginning as a more agile game. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and, and then it came out. By the way, this is entirely how it's going to play. And everyone just said, <laughs> like, minds exploded because they were so surprised. Because usually Monster Hunter is more about boots on the ground, the monster's in your face, you take it down. That's yeah, all there's it, a lot
3: more verticality to the combat now because like, you can have, like basically a monster like you know up on a cliff and then you're fighting another monster at the bottom but this monster will start attacking you even though like you're on totally different levels it doesn't care like you know if you're fighting a and you know the big green dragon it's on a cliff it's gonna start shooting fireballs at you even though like you know you're just some totally somewhere else it's yeah. it's it adds a whole new dimension to like the combat like you have to be a lot more careful like there's no there's no safe place in a zone now mm-hmm. like it, you have so, to be. You have to be super, super attentive to what's happening on screen. Yeah. As Kojin would say, no place to hide. No place to hide. <laughs> no. It's actually. It reminds me, like when I when I first started playing Monster Four, it reminded me of um, the first dungeon in Dark Souls where you're, you're in the asylum mm-hmm. and then you, you you know you you see the demon right below you right mm-hmm. yeah. and you're like okay okay I'm going to take my time I'll see mm-hmm. what I can do and then all of a sudden he just jumps up and just destroys the platform Yeah. and then you yeah. come tumbling down you lose half your life you're like oh my god what yeah. am I going to do now yeah. and that's actually just how mo- how Monster 4 is right now mm-hmm. like you you'll be on a ledge you'll be like okay I'm safe here and all of a sudden, no you're not because the monster is going to jump right at you it's going to climb up the wall and it's gonna swipe at you and it's just like a really exhilarating like feeling when you when you can see that like in motion.
0: Yeah, it's I uh, cool. I really like that with uh, with these new with this new sort of agility and ability that when you climb you're also not sort of restrained from what you can do you can still consume a health item mm-hmm. you can still use a weapon to attack something that's next to you you can jump off of that surface onto a monster although when you jump off you jump off pretty far so you have to be very aware of where it is in relation mm-hmm. to you. Um, and I also, I'm kind of surprised I like that you can't just jump whenever you want. Like, as far as, you don't have the ability to just run towards something and just jump right at it. Like, you have to use a ledge as sort of a, a mount to then fly off and then pull your weapon out and take a swing at something. <laughs> or you can jump on the monster itself, which is also really cool, right? I mean, that's another, you, you have this sort of ride-em-cowboy moment. Shadow of like, the Colossus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. You
3: actually have, like, it. you know, whenever you climb on a monster, they you show this, like, little standalone gauge. And, yeah. like, the monster's head. Just chomping at the chomping at the gauge, and you just got to keep on stabbing it until you knock it down, or the monster just chomps the entire stamina gauge, and then he just knocks you off, and then he gets gets all pissed off, and then you know just starts attacking you again. So like certain monsters, do you have to climb on them to take them down, or are you given that option? Uh, no, there's actually you can pretty much climb on any monster but you don't have to it's a way to actually knock down a monster so that um, everyone can get in you know their their hits to get get a lot more damage on the monster um and it's it's one of those things where it, it actually doesn't happen all the time like you can jump into the air and attack a monster but it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to mount it and climb on it you it i think it's like something like uh you know if you get it on a counter hit or if you get it when it's gonna it takes a certain amount of damage and then you hit it in the air that's when it happens um, but some of the monsters, they actually... They have, like, you know, um, I guess, like, hard shells or hard scales on their back. So if you're able to knock it down, then you're, you're able to, like, you know, destroy those parts. And then you can get, like, materials for, like, your, your weapons and your armor and stuff like that. But there's nothing that, you know, where you have to do it to, to beat the monster. I'm going to completely, like,
2: change the subject here and ask you two guys a question. So in Japan, you, you, you've got to know. Um, yeah. When they, like, talk about Monster Hunter, when it's promoted... They use a lot of celebrities and commercials, and, like the ads and the posters, and they always say how many hours they've played it. So, you know, hey, here's this big pop star you guys all love. She's played this game for 3,000 hours. How, how long many hours have you guys sunk into the? Ooh, Maybe, okay. Hard. The game you've sunk the most time into, how many hours? Uh, you oh, man. So because of my job,
0: and some folks are going to be very disappointed by this answer, and I'm sorry, listener, person, because... Uh, because of my job and uh, always having to cover different games, I definitely don't get to spend as much time with Monster, as I, Monster Hunter as I would like. Um, that said, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, I spent uh, about 120 hours total? No, 111, 120, somewhere in between there. And um, that was that's a significant amount of time. That's like when Keza told me she spent 200 and lost the save, I was just like, yeah. I am so sorry. <laughs> like, that is really hard. Um, yeah, and, I, and that's the one that I sunk into most recently, the most, and enjoyed like so much about it. <laughs> yeah, what about
3: you? I know for, for three ultimate, I spent about uh, I think it was like 240 something hours on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, so I'm a the, lightweight compared to you. Yeah, maybe maybe, but I mean for, for actually uh, for three ultimate and also for portable three, I put between uh, 250 and 300 hours. The one that I spent the most time on was actually a uh, portable second G. And that was the first game that I, I got into uh, because of my friends. And we played so much because they they were, like, real, super good Monster Hunter players. And they wanted to do just the the most inane things in a quest. Like, they, they said, okay, well, we're going to beat this quest with no armor and just these weapons, kind of thing. Or we're going to beat this monster with just the bombs, and that's it. And we're, I'm thinking, okay, sure, why not? Let's, let's do it. So I spent maybe, I think, like, 1200 1300 hours on wow. portable second g
0: so it still ticks over after the
3: third, third nine so, you go yeah, to another it, column yeah exactly <laughs> it's it, it's it's uh it's it, it was insane like like I just got just, I just got totally addicted to portable second g because there's just it, it's just a legitimately hard game compared to uh compared to some of the some of the uh more recent ones uh, the more recent yeah. ones that they, they um do, a little, do little things to make it a little bit easier on you, but Portable 2nd is just like... Uncompromising. Here yeah, it is. it is just uncompromising at times. <laughs> and But there's just so much stuff that you can actually do in in all the Monster Hunter games, but I was just with a bunch of people that just want to do just really crazy stuff, like mm-hmm. see if they can actually do it. Sure.
0: Right. Kyle, what's the most you've spent with Monster Hunter? Uh,
3: Two or three hours. <laughs> uh, that's been
2: the cutoff. Yeah, most, most I spent is probably a couple hundred dollars. I buy them all. And it's like two hours a day. Like, wow. But yeah, talking this, I'm probably another sixty dollars because it's a podcast now. Talking
3: to yeah. you guys, it's like maybe we I'll should try play it again. while I'm in town, dude. Yeah. See now, now you yeah, have now you got Monster Hunter Four, but now it's online, so yeah. you can actually start playing with a lot of people who like are super into Monster Hunter. You can yeah. you know maybe get on uh, you know Skype or something like that and just start sure. chatting with with other people yep. while you're playing. You know, yeah, definitely. So uh, I guess I have a question for both of
0: you because um, it's always said how big Monster Hunter is here. But, like, okay, give me the big example. Like, how big really? Like, what's the thing you saw that you were like,
2: wow, I can't believe X? I thought I heard somewhere that there's, like, a medically diagnosed hand condition now. For the claw? Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: in, ja- <laughs> in Japanese,
2: it's called Monhan Mochi. Monhan, being short for Monster Hunter, Mochi is, like how you hold something. And, like, people would thumb on the, the slide pad, index finger on the D-pad, and then your middle finger on the left trigger. And, like, apparently I have heard that people were going to the hospital, like, muscle cramps and things like that. It was, like, a diagnosed thing. Um, it's just... I can't really think of one specific instance. It's just... Totally pervasive in Japanese culture. It is everywhere. It, it's got an aspect in everything. You really can't. It's hard to like go about your daily la- life without running into
3: it in some capacity, whether it's the convenience store, on TV, or on a poster. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was actually like there's a, there a USJ attraction every time a new Monster Hunter shows up. So they have like Monster Hunter the reels. and I think they, they have one like, life size, life size monsters in Universal Studios Japan. So you can actually like take your picture with like the the gold uh, and or the silver rathalos and it's just like it's just huge and they have like they have all the they have all the trees all the souvenirs and stuff like that like cookies and whatnot Mm -hmm. there's also uh, I think this year they had a um, a Monster Hunter like onsen tour like a hot springs tour and it was like somewhere north of Tokyo so you take the bus you take the tour bus up there and Everything will be like yeah. Monster themed yeah. and like yeah. in a hot okay, I mean, spring. I mean, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was that was yeah. a, kind of I interesting. Try was, 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 was,
3: was more
2: heavily Asian themed. I don't know
0: portable so
3: we, third portable third so was the portable Asian. third was the one, portable yeah. third. It was more. And
0: by the way, he walks by in 4 the the, the cover star oh, of uh, yeah. the gentleman who's in sort of the yeah, yeah, yeah. hat and the samurai sort of yeah. Well,
3: actually, he walks by in 4 that's one of the cool things about Monster Before that that I I noticed and I really actually like about it is that. They 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 have a little bit more involved story. Yeah, so actually, that's one of the one things I like about Monster hunter Four is that in, it ends woven into the story too. Where you start off in this um, this the first village, but you, you know you see the, the hunter from Portable Third there. But there's also this uh, new NPC character that you can interact with, and he's called the um, I guess if you want to translate in English, he'd be like the Wyvern like uh, trader or something. But he basically facilitates trades between like various cities. Cities that you actually don't visit yourself, you don't visit in the game, but he has uh, he has connections with. So you actually can get stuff from like Moga Village from Tri or the uh, the city from Monster 2. I can't remember the name right wow, now. Wow, that's so, And some of the some of the equipment in in. Um, in Monster Hunter 4, is actually based on the uh, older monsters that don't appear in the game. Okay. But you be, but because there's this like little trade, trader in the game, he can actually supply you those materials so you can actually still make the armor. See, yeah. that's really cool. It's not just about the new stuff, but even yeah. uh, sort of a nod um, back
0: to
2: when it began and when it s- started. Similar topic, you know, as a relative Monhan noob here. Is there any kind of carryover? Like, if it detects a save file, like, oh, you unlock this or anything like that? Uh, no,
3: I know. There didn't seem to be any um, anything like, you know, if you had like a three ultimate save, there was no bonus for that if you started up four. Not that I saw, anyways. Okay. So, but I think they, they do that for like when you go from the base game to like the G versions. But they don't really do that, like, if you're going okay. from, like, the, the, numbered, the numbered series. Yeah. You
0: know. Well, that was a whole lot of Monster Hunter folks. Um, and hopefully you're still here and still listening. And uh, you would be willing to uh, to sort of check this out someday.
2: Do we think it's coming out in the West?
0: That question has been asked, and it's usually a, a sort of a one-year wait uh, somewhat anyway. Or at least historically, that's what it's been. Who knows if it's less. Um, I'm sure, you know, good friends I have, uh, you know, will definitely you know, at Capcom maybe say something, but that's really up to them, you know, it's, and ultimately they will, I hope. Um, so, yeah, if you're if you if you're still curious, I'm sure you can still check out Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate with no basis for comparison. Uh, Brian and I may start that video series we've been joking about for a while about uh, help me, I'm terrible at Monster Hunter, <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to try and help folks through maybe those, that first 10 hours. Uh, we'll do some commentaries. I'm, and thank you both of you by the way just no, for no joining problem. us. And, thank you. And actually for I was gonna this. say
3: add to add to that, like you know, if people wanna check out Monster Hunter, I yeah. actually just read online that they're actually uh they actually slash the price of Monster Three Ultimate, the digital version, by half, fifty percent in the States? in the States. Yeah. Oh wow. wow. So now I think it's like thirty bucks for the Wii U version and twenty bucks for the three D S version. I think it's something like that. Wow. I just saw that like on like on the uh, Facebook like Okay. Literally last
0: night. So there you have it. Now you have another reason. Uh, if you're still on the fence, you can also get it a little cheaper. So why don't you drop your Twitter handles? Tell people where to find you on the internet.
3: Okay. Uh, my Twitter. My Twitter handles. Uh, actually, uh, it's a Japanese uh, word, but it's, it's a mole basho. How that um, mean? Uh, you. I actually got it from... It's kind of funny because I actually saw that word in uh, Kingdom Hearts 2. and I, Okay. And I needed I needed a real... In English or Japan? In Japan, the Japanese okay. version. I, and I, re- I needed a nickname really fast. So I just said, oh, I'm going to take that name. And it just in Kingdom Hearts 2, they translated that as the usual place. Yeah. That's, because that's what I... You know, that's where I usually am. I just usually at the place where I just chill out all the time. I never go to any, any other new places, so, okay. yeah. nice. What's up? On Twitter, I'm at
2: Farm Boy in Japan, right. and I basically talk about video games live in Japan and a lot of fashion tweets looking we oh. got the awesome Dark Triforce Cufflinks
0: no, Are just, they Or are these no, Silver not. Triforce These are silver Triforce oh, Cufflinks Okay. Today.
2: All right. I had my I had my Mushroom Cufflinks On yesterday When I found out That Yamuji died Oh,
3: oh wow It's like a I, little, uh, little, little Tribute yeah. Yeah, To the man for sure.
2: And I
0: am At Jose Underscore Otero On Twitter And uh, you can Look forward to More TGS show uh, Tokyo game show Coverage Along with uh, Hopefully some Cool stuff That's happening Next week I can't really Say what it is yet But you'll be hearing about it most likely so thank you for listening and we'll be back next week back in the states thank you both for joining us again thank you thank you thank you